Welcome to CouncilCast, news bites and insights from the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers. I'm Sandy Laycox, Associate Managing Editor of Leaders Edge Magazine, and I'm joined today by Scott Cinder, partner at law firm Steptoe & Johnson and also the Council's Chief Legal Officer. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well. How are you, Sandy? I'm good. Scott has been studying the marijuana industry and recently co-wrote an article for Leaders Edge, It's High Time We Deal With Pot. And he's here to share some updates with us and give us the lay of the land. So Scott, let's start with just a general background federal landscape on marijuana and the industry. So uh, last year, uh, marijuana was almost a $10 billion business in the United States, which was a 33% increase over 2016. I believe it's the fastest growing business in America. Uh, with projected sales by 2021 of $24.5 billion, according to Business Insider. Uh, Forbes reported in February of last year that the industry will create more than 250,000 new jobs by 2020. So this is a very robust space. Absolutely. And what about the uh, federal classification? Yeah, that's that's the big conundrum. So uh, on the one hand, you have the states, uh, 29 uh, plus 3 District of Columbia and a couple territories have legalized for medical use. Nine states have fully legalized. So they're rushing to legalize. There's an industry that's been being built, as we said, that's rushing to fill this new legal, uh, legal regime. But at the federal level, it is completely illegal. Uh, and that's sort of the conundrum that we have. So there's two pieces to it. I may be, you know, a little legally nerdy on this, but I find that the framework is interesting. So under federal law, there's something called the Controlled Substances Act, uh, and they establish different categories for drug classification. And depending on which category you're in, you have different rights and obligations that go with the categorization. It starts with Schedule One; those are the most restricted use, and then it goes down. Marijuana is categorized right now with heroin, LSD, and peyote as a Schedule One drug, which means under the statutory framework, you cannot use it for any purpose whatsoever at all. Period. It is illegal to use it to aid or abet a business that's selling it or trying to manufacture or doing anything with it. The, the way they get there is interesting. It's not listed in the statute. They don't list any drugs. Instead, what they do is they dedicate to the Drug Enforcement Agency, which is a unit of the Department of Justice, we'll come back to that later, uh, the authority to determine what drugs fall into which classification. But in order to be Schedule One they have to make a finding that there's no recognized medical utility at all for any drug that's classified as Schedule One. They don't make that determination themselves directly. They uh, refer it to the Food and Drug Administration who makes a recommendation about whether there's any medical utility. As recently as 2016, uh, they issued something back to DEA saying there is no recognized medical utility of marijuana. Well, you have doctors in 33 U.S. jurisdictions that are prescribing this every day. And so there's a big disconnect. The compromise at the federal level has been kind of a stand-down agreement in the sense that the federal government in a variety of ways has said, we're not going to prosecute these violations. And you saw it in two places. One, there's been a budget amendment that uh, keeps getting reintroduced every time we re-up the budget. It expires next week with the rest of the continuing resolution. So the Rohrbacher Amendment prohibits the use of any federal funds by Department of Justice to prosecute any legal medical marijuana business. It's legal under state law. Separately, they issued a series of memorandums that culminated in the most recent Cole Memorandum. 
that basically said it doesn't bar prosecution by DOJ or the U.S. Attorney's offices, but it says we're not going to prosecute unless some factors are present. For example, sales to minors or encouraging sales to minors or somehow enabling interstate sales, things like that. Otherwise, we're not going to prosecute. So we have two developments. Uh, one, we don't expect the Rohrabacher Amendment to be renewed when they do the continuing resolution for the balance of the year. So this prohibition on the use of budgetary funds by DOJ to do these prosecutions may go away. But the second is that Attorney General Sessions has repealed the Cole Memorandum. Now there was another ramification of the Cole Memorandum, and that is that the banking agencies, particularly OFAC, they issue guidance on how it is that a bank that's not supposed to aid or abet an illegal marijuana business could nevertheless do so and not be found to be in breach of their obligations to their regulators. That theoretically is in place. Nothing has displaced it yet. But the sessions backing off of the coal memorandum stuff, if you're a partic if you're a bank, you're nervous. And we're starting to hear that banks are withdrawing even further from providing banking services to legal marijuana businesses. And what does that do to those businesses? Well, uh, according to a lot of the folks we talked to when we put the article together, it means they're all cash, some of them, uh, which increases their exposures in different ways. It make, To the extent they can get insurance, it makes the insurance more expensive because they have different exposures. It subjects them theoretically to more criminal uh, potential liability and things like that. It makes it harder to do business. So what about emerging technologies that are interested in this industry? How does you know, the recent DOJ action affect that, or does it? Well, on the one hand, you could argue that the need for alternative banking services is more acute than ever because there's more uncertainty than ever, and so people may be looking to fill that void. On the other hand, if you're Attorney General Sessions and you really don't like this space, and he really doesn't like this space, he thinks that it is a fundamental negative on the culture and fabric of America. It may be that he has a secondary, we have seen no uptick in any prosecutions to date, but he may be looking for the case to bring to like really be disruptive of the continued expansion of this marketplace. And where you would go is some of those alternative technologies. So here's my favorite example. Uh, we were approached by a group at Steptoe called Token, T-O-K-K-E-N. Uh, they started as an advocacy group for legalization in Nevada. They won. There's now full legalization in Nevada. So they wanted to set up a dispensary and a growing operation, and they were looking for ways to fund it. So they decided, because they don't have access to capital through banks, that they were going to create a new cryptocurrency called, yes, Token, T-O-K-K-E-N. Uh, they were going to sell these uh, through the blockchain technology, and then you could exchange that cryptocurrency for marijuana when they were up and running. So they actually came to Steptoe and said, we'd like your help facilitating this and helping us put it into place. Well, here's the problem. You're aiding or abetting a business that is illegal under federal law. That's a felony under federal law. And if you're Attorney General Sessions and you get wind of, of this project, this is the company that you want to prosecute, right? Because they're an end run around banking. There's all this concern about cryptocurrencies anyway, so it's kind of a twofer for him. But you would really drive a wedge uh, in terms of the development of that. So you can argue it both ways, but I think that at a minimum, the one way you have to look at these Attorney General Sessions developments is they've ramped up the uncertainty in the space. Now the flip side is, 
you could view this as a potentially forcing moment in the sense that you saw Senator Cory Gardner, who's a, a Republican senator from Colorado, in the wake of this announcement by Attorney General Sessions, he stood up on the Senate floor and really lambasted them and said this is not a, a prudent development and you shouldn't do this. It's wildly popular in his state. And you have the majority of states where this is a wildly popular legalization movement. And so it may be that because he's ramped up the uncertainty, there's got to be a response to that. And that may ultimately be some sort of con congressional initiative. And it does cross party lines. I mean, this is not a coastal thing. In fact, a lot of the states that have legalized aren't on the coast at all. See Colorado. Uh, and so, you know, you could look through it that way, but, you know, we're going to have to watch that unfold. So what do you think the ramifications will be of the recent developments at DOJ? Well, it's an interesting question. As Chelsea pointed out, my co-author on the article, it has not stymied state, uh, the state race to further legalize. So in Vermont, in the, after Sessions uh, repealed the memorandum, their legislature passed a law completely legalizing uh, marijuana in Vermont. They had already had medical legalization. Governor Cuomo has tasked the legislature there with doing a feasibility study. The new governor, New Jersey, uh, has said that he would like to sign a, a, a new law into place fully legalizing marijuana in his state within his first 100 days in office. New Mexico recently introduced legislation to do field legalization. So I think from the legalization race, it doesn't seem to have done anything. I think it's further dampening banking services, so it's making that piece harder. The insurance piece is interesting. Uh, two of the jurisdictions, Washington and California, they require insurance coverage as a condition of licensure. And all these businesses, particularly the dispensaries and the growers, they tend to be required to be licensed under the different state regimes. So in Washington State and California, they require the insurance. The California Insurance Commissioner has convened a task force because he recognizes that the national markets are not providing coverage because it's a felony. It's illegal under federal law to aid or abet a marijuana business. And they're reluctant to, to play. Uh, we have seen some expansion in the MGA space. Uh, there's a significant MGA in California called Next Wave. Uh, there's an Ohio-based, Cleveland, Ohio-based uh, MGA called Canisure. They both seem to be fortifying their program offerings to expand what they're doing in the space. But we still don't have the national players. And you still, I think, if you're a policyholder or your broker helping a policyholder, need to be very careful about the terms of coverage because they tend to be as restrictive as they could possibly be. There's a lot going on, definitely a lot of conflict in it. Any, you want to take a stab at reading the tea leaves for us and thoughts on how it might play out in the future? Yeah, I view this as kind of a march of progress issue. Uh, it's not quite gay marriage uh, in the sense in the, you know, it took I think maybe 10 years to go from first state that legalized to full recognition by the Supreme Court. So we're not quite there with this but it feels like you're moving that way. Every year states get on there and as their neighboring states start to do it, they've got tax incentives to do the legalization and at some point, if all the states have legalized, except one or two, uh, and the federal government says it's illegal, something has got to give. And so I feel like it ultimately is somewhat inevitable that we end up in a full legalization moment. It's hard to pull this back, but how long it takes and what will be some of the interim developments between now and then is hard to say. Well, we hope you will keep an eye on it for us and keep us updated on all the developments as they happen. As long as Chelsea's helping, we'll be good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining me.
And thanks everyone for listening to CouncilCast, news, bites, and insights from the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers. Until next time, be sure to follow us on Twitter for all the latest updates. We're at the CIAB. And don't forget Leaders Edge Magazine at Leaders Edge Mag.